So, we are going through a series called Kingdom Parables, and uh, this is, uh, what was that? There's a lot of noise. I thought it was a sound effect. Listen, the message, Jesus' primary message was the kingdom of heaven. It really was. And we think of Jesus as a great teacher, he was a savior, but what he mostly taught about was the kingdom of heaven. Right after the temptations that he, remember the story in the Bible, um, after he was baptized, he was uh, driven out into the wilderness. And and, and Satan, the devil himself, tempted Jesus for 40 days. And right after that, he comes out of the desert, it says in Matthew 4, 17, from then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. That's right. And so Jesus' main theme of his teaching is really about the kingdom of heaven. So it's a pretty important subject, wouldn't you say? This series is looking at various parables Jesus used to give us a picture of what God's kingdom looks like, how it works, and how it applies in our lives. So we looked at kingdom value, that was the first teaching, which was the parable of the treasure and the pearl. And then we looked at kingdom methods, which was the mustard seed and the yeast. That barely fits on the screen. So, and then today we're looking at kingdom invitation, which is the parable of the great banquet. So, so my last line is going to be cut off. Why don't you bring over the table so I can set my phone on it? Just in case I need it. I probably won't. Can you fix the flashlight? Can you fix it? Yeah. How would you fix it? Well, I'll have to take it off the screen, but. No, no, no. No, we're not going to set that one. So, what is the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom is a simple word made up of two other words, two root words, uh, king and dom. The king, obviously, is the person in charge. He's the king. But dom is the root word for what we often call domain or dominion or dominance. It's having the rule. And so kingdom is the rule of the king or the area and people that the king has rule. Everything that is under the reign and rule of the king. And so the kingdom is everything that's under the king's rule. The kingdom of heaven is not what it's like after we die. Mm, mm, that's good. Okay? That was not Jesus' message. Yeah. It's often what people think about when they read in the Bible about heaven, they think about, oh, this means after I die. And that's not, that's not what it's speaking to. Because heaven, you don't have to wait till you die to get to heaven. Is that right? Nothing is going to just wait and see what you're going to say next. <laughs> heaven is where God is in charge. There you go. And so you can enter into the rule of God and the reign of God by coming into right relationship with God. And you, in part, you, you take a step into, you press into the heavenly realm. Yeah. Now, you won't experience it fully until you're completely free from sin and death and the remnant of the fall that we are trapped in. Okay? So, yeah, to experience it fully without the veil 
but uh, and, and not through as though through a mere uh, dimly to see heaven in its fullness. Yeah, it, it takes this this little transition called death, okay, and resurrection. But for the believer, for the Christian, that's a promise. All right, it's a promise. It's something to look forward to. And we can now, and the message of Jesus is enter into it now. All right, get moving toward that now. So it's living under. When Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, uh, he's talking about how to live heavenly on earth. Okay, how to follow him, how to live as Christ intends us to live. So previous to today's parable of the great banquet, Jesus had uh, told two other short parables or. Uh, references. He says, when you're invited to a feast, take the lowly seat. And if you host a feast, take the poor and the lame and the, uh, invite the poor and the lame and the blind. So he kind of sets the tone for this longer explanation of the a kingdom of heaven as a feast by setting, setting his audience up by saying, hey, if you go to a feast, don't go up to the front and then be humiliated when the host says, I'm sorry, that seat was actually saved for the you, you can sit back there. There's there's a stool in the back. It's still heavy. You know, no, take the stool and, and, and actually be in the It's happened to me a couple of times. It's super cool. Let me tell you. It's really cool when they say, oh, Cameron, come on up here. Sit here. You know? <laughs> um, <clears throat> so this is the, uh, the verse that uh, he actually goes into greater depth explaining uh, that the kingdom is like a banquet or a feast verse uh, 15 through 24 of Luke chapter 14. It says, Now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. I'm going to read it on my phone because I'm sure I don't have the last line memorized. Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he, Jesus, said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all, with one accord, began to make excuses. And they, uh, the first said to him, I bought a piece of ground, and I must go see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I've just married a wife. Oh, therefore I can't come. Sorry, buddy. And so the servant came and reported these things to the master. And the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded and still, there is room. Then the master said to his servant, <laughs> Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. Okay, so parables are simply... Uh, stories that Jesus used to teach us lessons. They're not complex theological uh, devices. They're just basic stories 
to teach basic lessons. Yep. And so we just want to talk through this little story. But remember, the, the subject of the story is the kingdom of heaven. Mm. And so we want to ask ourselves, what does this story tell us about the kingdom of heaven? And it starts out with this guy, after Jesus said, uh, you know, if you, if you go to a feast, take the low seat. And if you have a feast, invite poor people and, and have them come. And, and this guy kind of just responded, well, blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> and uh, some people think Jesus was actually rebuking this man with the rest of this parable. I don't think he was, because yeah. it doesn't sound like a rebuke to me, and it doesn't sound like he said anything that bad. <laughs> he was like, boy, that's going to be great to be at the kingdom of heaven. But he, it's kind of a, it's just kind of a shallow statement. And I think Jesus said, man, I want you to think a little more deeply about this idea of the kingdom being a feast. Mm -hmm. And so let's talk, let me go and explain it a little further. Jesus goes a little further in his definition, explaining that the kingdom of heaven is like a feast. Right? Let's just stop for a minute and, and think about that. The kingdom of heaven is like a party put on, not by your friend that can barely afford a hot and ready pizza. The kingdom of heaven is put on by the king, and it's going to be a gonna be a party. Wait a minute. I keep saying it's gonna be. When's it gonna be? When we step into the heavenly realm. Jesus's first miracle was at a wedding feast. So, I'm just curious, 
You know, how does this change the way, or I challenge you to allow this to change the way you think of Christianity. Too many people think of Christianity as a dry crust of bread. You know? Something stale and not tasty. Something dry. But Jesus said, living in the reign and rule of the king is a feast. It's a feast. <clears throat> a kingly feast. And he goes on and he tells his, uh, his servant to uh, go to all the people who are invited and say, come, all things are now ready. Now in this, in this story, the host had already invited people and then later sent his servants to those who were invited. So uh, this wasn't an unannounced party. This was something they had already received the invitation for. They had RSVP'd it. And then when the time was actually comes, kind of like what we do today, the save the date uh, announcement. Oh, you save the date, all right. Are, are, are you going the Facebook thing? Are you going? No, or maybe. <laughs> well, these are people that did the uncommon. And so he sent his servant to the people who said they were coming and said, it's ready. Everything's been prepared. Now's the time. What's Jesus saying about the kingdom? The kingdom is now. The kingdom is now. It's ready. It's ready. Come. It's ready. Come. Jesus said this specifically to his disciples when he was talking about bringing people into relationship with him through faith. He says, don't say that four months more and then the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. This is after he had just spoken to a Gentile woman and she received him and went and told her village. And he was like, wow, man, we don't have to wait. It's ready now. The Jewish people had been told for centuries and centuries and centuries. Just like the church today has heard for 2,000 years, Jesus is going to return. Jesus is coming back. And we've kind of heard it so long, and the way we even talk about it has kind of shifted, shifted to someday in the sweet by and by, Jesus may swing around. We think that everything that's promised in the kingdom is for some other time. In reality, one of Jesus' biggest obstacles was convincing the religious people of his day that the benefits are for now. The kingdom of heaven is now. Right? In fact, if you don't enter into the kingdom to the degree that you can now, you won't find a place when it's time to enter in fully. Got married. Oxen. Oxen. New toys. 
Bury the dead is in a different story, but it was one of the stories. Someone said to Jesus, I gotta bury my father. I bought some land. Alright? Good, you got them all. So real estate. We had a realtor in the house. Oh, he's downstairs. Alright? That's pretty important. A yoke of oxen. That's like I just, I just, the dealer just called. And my ram. Big honking pickup truck just got in. And I gotta go pick it up and give it a test drive. Sorry I can't come. Marriage. I just got married, man. Are these valid excuses? To anything else. To anything else? Yeah, what does that mean? They're valid for some things. But if wealthy person invited you to a banquet and you had RSVP'd him and then for whatever reason when it was time to come you're like oh, I just actually bought some property what? like this morning you didn't know that it was today I was having I told you today right so these are valid things real estate livestock uh, marriage all of these things are things that are held in the highest esteem throughout the scripture but to turn down the invitation to the feast. And then what was the reaction of the host? What was the word used in the story? Anger. The host was angry. When his servant came back and said, Sorry, boss, but they're all making these excuses. Joe, he, he bought some real estate and he's going to check it out. Rich and his wife, they, they bought some set of oxen and they gotta go give them a test. And, and Jimmy got married. What? So if the host, the master in the story got angry, and this is the story about the kingdom of heaven, what does this tell us about God? To me, that just blows my mind. 
These were not tiny, insignificant bugs to be squished on. Hmm. We actually have a place in God's heart that what we choose affects how he feels. To me, that's an incredible power that God has given us and given you. If any man, the next verse is two verses down. It says, if any man comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brethren, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciples. Okay, so that's, that's just a couple of verses down from this story. He goes into the cost of discipleship. Now, just so you, this is a hard verse. This is a verse preachers love to skip over. <laughs> All right. Because it says hate. And hate's, hate's a really strong word. But what he's saying here is, is in comparison to the degree that you love him. In the Strong's it actually says it could be translated love less. And, you, know, you must love less father and mother children, but it's normally used everywhere in the language as hate. So in comparison, because it is, it's, this is one verse, we have the whole Bible filled with verses telling us to love our, our, our you know, one of the Ten Commandments, honor your father and mother, right? Love your children, love everyone, you know, love your brothers and sisters, love, 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 love. We know that we're supposed to love everyone. But in comparison to how we relate to God, our relationship with others should look like hate compared to the degree that we love God. So what does this tell us about the kingdom of God? Okay, 
So they all made excuses. What does this part of the passage tell us about people? I gave it away, didn't you? <laughs> What's something that we can learn about people from this from this story? Fickle. They're fickle. Yeah. They taste like a pickle. <laughs> fickle means they change, they change your mind. They're moody. They're moody. Oh yeah, sure, I'll go to a party. They don't value food enough. They don't value food enough. <laughs> what else? Actions speak louder than words. Actions speak louder than words. Bam. Yeah. So yeah, it's easy to accept an invitation. But when it's time to fulfill the commitment, it's easy to make excuses. Okay? And this was true to the people that Jesus was talking to. And it's true to people I'm talking to, including myself. Right? In other words, just because you call yourself a Christian doesn't mean you're going to the party. Maybe you just accepted the invitation to RSVP, but you're not actually going when Jesus said go. You're coming when Jesus says come. Does that make sense? What's really shown here is the value system. Value system. Right? Everybody operates in a value system. Um, there are certain things that I don't value very much. Um, and so I don't have a lot of it. Money. <laughs> I love to give away money. But I, just keeping it for myself. And so, you know, but I have friends that have a lot of money. And they don't give it away. Some people can balance it. Or, you know, let's see, uh, I don't, there's lots of things I just, I just don't care about. I, I finally got a new car, but my, I've been driving a 20-year-old car, and all summer I've just been relying on my motorcycle, because my other car broke down and I hadn't replaced it. Uh, I, I do have a car, but I'm, I'm hoping my car lasts another 20 years. This could be my last car. That's a different stage of life, and I'm thinking, this could be my last car. <laughs> Not my next car. <laughs> no, I just don't care about cars. As long as it starts and gets me where I'm going. Like you go to a car dealer, what color? I'm like, I don't care. And I'm like, I mean, I don't want bright orange or light, you know, puke green or something. But other than that, I don't care. It means nothing to me. I'm like, I don't care. Color. Did you say puke green? No, lime green. <laughs> and, you know, you definitely said puke green. Puke green. Yeah. Did I say puke? I shouldn't say that. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <coughs> Sorry. No, I've done worse, trust me. Don't listen to the All right. So what they value is being revealed. That's the big point. We all have a value system, and the things that we value, we demonstrate by our actions. And words are certainly more powerful than how we respond to the invitation and what we prioritize in our life reveals what we value most. Okay? So accepting the invitation is important, but then coming when it's time to come is even more important. So what are some ways that we can show valuing the kingdom of heaven this week? Party. Party in a 
ugly ways. <laughs> okay. Meaning, meaning don't run out of wine. Lots of food. Eat good food with Barrels. Jesus. And then remember right before who said the invite?
They're, they're hungry. They're so, like they're physically hungry, and that makes them spiritually hungry. And so God can do so much more. And so the man, so the, the, the servant did that. He went out and brought in all the blind, the lame, and the poor. But the place still wasn't full. He said, Master, it's done as you commanded, and there's still room. So then the master said, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. This is a quote from a commentary about this highway and hedges. It says the highway and hedges were public roads outside of the city of Judaism, just as the streets and lanes were inside the city. So that, that term meant something different in the language. It meant the people that were outside the camp, people that were heathen. And so this master invited people that were different than himself, other ethnicities, people that were discriminated against to his party, and they came, right? What does this tell us about the primary desire? What did this master really want? He wanted a full house. He's hosting a party! And he's the king of the universe. The kingdom of heaven is a party. And that party is going to be full. Because the king is worthy of everyone coming. And if someone's invited and they choose not to come, he will fill the house with other people. Because there are other people that will come because they're hungry. Alright? What does this tell us about obedience? Think about this for a minute. We're talking about heathens, disadvantaged people being accepted into the party. One of the questions in the, in the home study, the life group study, is what does this passage tell you about obedience? Yeah, you'll live a long time. You live a long time. How about those heathens that were invited into this king's house? What do you think they felt? Unworthy. Full. Unworthy? Was that? Full. Full? <laughs> Who's this guy? What? The, the, the richest person in town is inviting me? What, what do you mean? No, it's open, open door. You can come. Really? I've never been allowed even on his property. He's hosting a party. He'd like you to come. He'd like your presence. So it doesn't matter. See, obedience is, obedience is really interesting. <clears throat> what you've done in the past doesn't have the power to limit your access to God if you respond to the invitation when he says come. Alright? It's huge. So regret, regret is real. And, and, it's, and it's a bitter, bitter thing to have in your mouth. But regrets will not keep you from the if you obey when Jesus says come. And when you walk into his presence, when you walk into the party, it has the power to change who you are so that you don't continue to behave like heathens and outcasts. All right? In fact, in the fullness of the story is when you come to this party, you're no longer poor. You're no longer lame. He's ultimately Jesus came to invite people to live in the kingdom, That's good. not just visit. 
so the kingdom of heaven is a place to summarize what we learned about it. It's a feast. Think about how you need to change the way you think about your life with Jesus. You think about living as a Christian. And you think about telling other people about Christianity, about coming into a relationship with God. Are you communicating, hey, this is an invitation to a party like you've never seen or heard about? Or are you just putting on rules and obligations and all the things you can't do? Right? The kingdom is now. Yes, the fullness, the fullness of it will wait until Christ's return. But we can enter in, we can taste now. Kingdom reality on this side of eternity. And the kingdom is more valuable than anything and everything you've ever seen or ever could see because it's eternal. And the invitation to the kingdom is made to all. Only those who actually respond will enter. RSVP, filling out your name on a response card in a church service, even walking to the altar and praying a prayer isn't good enough. It's coming when Jesus says come. Active obedience at the time when he says. Would you pray with me? Father, I pray that each and every one of us would have ears to hear uh, your servant's call when the word is come. And Father, I pray that you change our minds and our hearts and our souls to see your kingdom as valuable, as rich, and as, as a feast. And that we would be able to learn how to walk that out in a daily way. And we would become servants that go and invite people into this feast because we're so excited about it. Father, I pray each and every person here would receive that invitation, would respond to it,